0: Welcome
1: to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White. I am Hardy White. Join me now, won't you, as we take an exciting journey together in radio. Expand our horizons by flying towards them rapidly. With wings on our heart and on our feet, shoes of helium. The heels made of hydrogen? Our knees also elevating us through some sort of anti-gravity device. Oh, I feel light. Do you feel light? I feel lighter. In the 1960s, there was a TV show rock and roll band called the Banana Splits. Now. They weren't actual human beings, or rather, they were human beings that were wearing furry costumes like we have today, the kind of costumes that athletic team mascots wear. Except these were supposed to look like some sort of furry animal hippies, but the faces, instead of looking like hippie faces, Looked like World War II anti-Japanese caricatures. How did that happen? I don't know. And the whole thing had sort of a a low-quality vibe to it. In my opinion, as a child watching this, I remember loathing it and thinking, this is not what children want. Because it seems like these are characters that you might see at the shopping mall who are touting, I don't know, a kind of hamburger or something. But in this case, it's implied they're on drugs. And for any young child, this is very disconcerting. They're not yet have developed an appetite for drugs themselves. They just see it ruining the lives of their caretakers. And so it's not as romantic for them. They say, oh my goodness, that spaced out hippie is taking care of me. And and what if something happens and I really need them and they're going like, hey man, everything's groovy. Well, this is the feeling that that Banana Splits dressed up band conveyed to me as a child. It was very disconcerting. There were other bands I didn't feel that way with. I felt like the Kingston Trio would take care of me if they found me in their little matching shirts and they'd put Put the banjo down, one of them would say to the other. Pick the child, pick the child up. It needs us. But I didn't get that from the banana splits. And I could, you could smell them in those costumes. Years later, if you've ever had to make a living, or not a living, whatever you make when you work one of those jobs as a mascot. I was never a team mascot. I never had to get in one of the full body suits. I'm trying to think if I did. So I worked at a miniature golf chain. I don't want to give them any free advertising. Even if they've gone bankrupt, I don't want to. But I was, uh, let's call it this. It's a stroke in golf, but I'll use a different one. I'll say drive, drive. Instead, it wasn't. It was another kind of thing. So I was drive, drive. Daryl, let's say, the clown. And um, there was a drive-drive puppy, too. So I know it was a dog costume, but I don't think I wore it. I was mainly at the the clown at the miniature golf place. So I didn't have anything on my face, which is good. It was just makeup. I guess they could have gone with a clown mask. How horrifying that would have been. What if they had more something like a no Japanese no theater mask for the clown. He's just a skull behind it, I heard. They'd still, the kids would still tear it off your face like they did. The nose. They'd come and tear my nose off. One of them said, you know, you're not a real clown and tore my red nose off. And I said, you're lucky I'm not or you'd be covered with blood. So I assume he meant there was a species of clown and that round red nose would be their actual nose so if he'd ripped that off he'd probably ruptured an artery he'd be squirting i wish i had thought of that and douse the youngster the aggressive uh youngster who's technically committing battery and uh, learn your lesson never tear the face off a stranger i would say don't you know, rip something in an ear or nose off of somebody if you don't know them or you haven't asked, or you're gonna get a you're gonna get a puss full of, a blood. That has never happened. Oh my goodness, I am affected by things that happened in my youth. Though we all are, we are taught the lessons uh, that we we soak in like a a child is like a sponge or something. And everything gets on it. You know you have to, How old were you, as they say, before you found out you had to clean sponges? Because I always thought, well, the sponge is getting exposure to cleanliness all the time at the surface of the plate or whatever because there's the soap and, and what have you. But it turns out the sponge itself, like a parent, has been taking all, all, a lot of this in to itself. And you'll notice that after a while, that they'll get an odor to them, the parent, or the sponge that has been sitting there. And you say, what now? And you think, boil it. Put them in boiling water. And then the odor will disappear. And and you might inherit some money. So there's all sorts of things you can do uh, to clean. Who will clean the cleaner is an expression you hear a lot. Who will watch the watchman? Is maybe the one that you know from the comic books. But there's you can take any profession and Sesame Street used to do that. You know, they have little song, you know, who will bake the baker? Who will plumb the plumber? Who will teach the teacher? Who will join the joiner? Who and it goes on like that. Who will cop the cop? Who will fire fire fire, 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 fire? Firefighter's hard to do. I love work. Do you love games that are tongue twisters and all? Neither do I. I don't want Why embarrass myself? I never liked games or tongue twisters or anything like that in school or school or anything that demands that we sort of get ranked because I always know where I'm going to rank. Usually I don't want to, but it's probably going to be near the near the bottom. L- a lot of times it's just because I never get around to getting evaluated properly because of the talking and they'll tell you that right away it's like you're not going to get if you don't learn how to shut up you're not going to get very far and they're so right and but I never did and I still do I talk too much and it is I had a coach said you're going to get us all killed I don't know how but I feel like just the talking is. And I said, well, that's, you're, you're attributing more power and influence to me than I've ever thought possible. So in a way, I feel inspired, coach. Coaches do that. Whether you say, man, that coach is a man of, or a woman of, or other of great character. I would like to be like that and model myself. Or you might say, uh, what an abusive piece of dirt uh, that person was. I'm going to use that to inspire me to do something great and not be like that. I have, I think it's just as important to have antiheroes as it is. Not that's not what an antihero is. What's it? What's the thing? Someone to m- say I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be that person because it's hard to get a role model. And I'm going to model my life after that. But it's there's a great lot of great opposite role models out there. Or negative role models. You say, I'm going to take that person's character, flip it. All the reds are going to be greens or whatever it is. Just a photo negative of that wonderful, inspiring. It's still inspire. You can breathe breathe life, which is what perspire means, into someone. No, inspire. It's the spire part, really. That means breathe. If you want to take it back to the Latin, I don't mind taking it back to that. That used to be an expression. The Latin was a club in the city. You know, we can settle it here. We can take it back to the Latin. They would say. But it also has come to mean, you know, the origin of a word. Because we all have. Sometimes we have, dark roots, Latin roots, all sorts of all sorts of things, uh, root ball. Do you have that? A lot of trees have a root ball, a nice tight root ball. And I guess we do evolutionarily, some of us. Have you had your evolution done? A lot of people have their genealogy done, but you can get your evolution done and say, you know, what what kind of ape? You know, what kind of primitive person? What kind of lizard am I descended from, specifically? So uh, I've had that done, and that's very interesting. And it seems I share a lot a a ancestor, a single-celled ancestor with Johnny Depp, which I wouldn't have thought. But uh, one of those things, like an amoeba or one of them, and uh, it was... uh, Or it might have been something more advanced than that. It might have been a trilobite from Owensboro, Kentucky, where... uh, Johnny Depp went to Florence Henderson High School. And I know because my cousin was the class president. Oh, I'll tell you what, you get information from here. What is this? What am I listening to? I am broadcasting to outer space. I am talking to to what we would call aliens, but what you would call just me or a life form or someone or a listener. But you're on a different planet. I'm here on the planet Earth. And while I am not the last person on Earth, I am pretty damn close. There's still millions and millions left, but it feels like it's going to happen shortly. And I will probably not be the last person on Earth. However, I feel like I deserve to be just from... An expression if, like, just articulate-wise. I feel like I'm the one who's going to be talking to the aliens because I feel like I have them. I understand them a little bit because I have an interest but not obsession with science fiction. And that makes me a little more critical than somebody who might be totally into it. So I know I would never say, you know, this is Earth and it's the year 20-whatever. Because that would be nonsense to somebody who lives on Omicron, Pendekin. So I might as well just make something up and say, you know, I'm here on planet fitness or whatever. I don't know what it's turning into that, isn't it? And a planet and uh, it's the, uh, I wouldn't say year. I would just say the, the blue blob is, uh, and I wouldn't even say numbers. I would just say Faso Mamala or something. They'd probably stop, stop listening at that point. They might have the idea of the planet going around the sun and everything. How many times around the sun? That would be, that's the year. So how many times have you been around the sun? Just the once, because I keep backing up. But the... Yeah, I wonder if you could do that, like a squirrel always staying on the other side of a tree. I want, there's a planet that's on the other side of the sun that we never see. Because it's, it is like that squirrel that will always stay there with the tree. is always between you and the squirrel. Now, take that sort of thinking and expand it to another dimension so that there we have a dimension of fold situational operation as to where there are beings who are just on the other side of, and what we mean by the tree is the universe that we exist in have I lost you yet I hope so I'm trying to chase away people who are wed to reason and you can tell because they're wearing a class ring and it has some kind of academic symbol on it not us friend not here oh my goodness there are places and spaces where rational thought is welcome and necessary and I understand that like sometimes in a court of law, you'll not want it to descend in, into some sort of surrealist absurdity, since that is its pres, you know pre, uh, premise. You, you, you don't want that to be the content. So the best avant-garde plays have a dialogue that can be deciphered and interpreted. You know that's the way I. That's my one of my rules. And I am writing an artistic manifesto. So easy to do. When I was coming up to write a manifesto, you had to have a typewriter and paper and ideas. Now they got apps, you can have a template. So I just go to the app, Art Manifesto, pull up a template. What do you want it to look like? Copy them, you know, you can make it look like all the letters were cut out of a magazine, like it's a ransom note. That's a fun one. But you, know, you make it look like it's typed on an old 50s typewriter. Be creative. And then it'll help you type it up. Or you can just get, get AI to do an art manifesto for you. God, that reminds me. Art manifesto was a, what a fabulous guy. He used to provide all the uniforms for my high school football team. And I, I guess he got paid. No, that wasn't his name. What was his name? Oh, I remember there was someone, and I'm. It's going to come to him. But there was somebody who provided jerseys for my school football team, and their name was like a disease or a bacteria or something, and I can't remember what it was. And it'll it'll come to me. But I thought now looking back, I think oh that's hilarious. I wonder, but it wasn't. It was a. Not E. coli, but something like that. Is that a last name? No, I don't think so. Hardy, what you talking about? I'm, again, speaking out into the universe. This is a message in a bottle. Except the, the message isn't in the bottle. The bottle's in me. So I guess the bottle's in the message. I've been drinking, yes. No, I haven't. I have not. Oh my goodness, I can't even imagine it. Imagine how disjointed and, and, and fragmented and messed up and incoherent and, and not cogent my language would be if I were intoxicated. I can't even imagine. My goodness. There are some people that manage to function wasted, and I can't even conceive of that, like airplane pilots or something. No, they're not allowed to get drunk and fly anymore. They used to, boy, they used to be smoking cigarettes and, and chugging out of flasks, but then they, they said, no, I mean that, that's good enough to win World War One, but not anymore. World War II. And I, I think pilots used to be on speed. And why they don't allow that anymore, I would encourage that. I'll fly any airline that says we're gonna give all our pilots World War II level pilot speed and i'd be for it and give it to the computer as well just in case because you don't know redundancy is the best if you have systems upon systems that can go wrong i know when i was uh back in the i would because of the time machine i have odd jobs in other decades and centuries and one of them was working for the the hindenburg company and um I'm still for the whole concept that airship. They were it was beautiful. There's not much room on it. It's impractical, blah blah blah, but it's also just so elegant. And the whole exploding thing, you know, there's other it could have. There's other ways to do it. Well, helium, for example. And I know people go, oh, um, a lot of detractors will go, yeah, well, I'm against that, or something like that, in the high pitched helium voice. But there's a lot of gases now. We could make a new gas. It's That's the 30s. And we have learned so much now. And there's been extra spaces in the periodic table where they've created gases, well, in between other gases that are even more uh, buoyant than the previous ones. So I think they could they could probably do that and make blimps now or whatever you want to call them that would that would float all day long and be lighter than air another way is to just make the air heavier put regular air in the dirigible and then pump like a I waste or lead or something into the atmosphere and then it'll rise like a gas bubble i was watching driving to wrestling in louisville and there was three hot air balloons and they look like they were going to i didn't turn around because i thought they're going to come down right on the highway that's what they look like and i'm thinking how they steer these things i know up and down i can figure out you know to make them go up you throw out air uh sandbags to make it go down you magically get the sandbags back and what have you but i don't know how you steer it right left that way east south we east South by Southwest, you can do that. Take it right in there. Don't get an invite. Just crash into one of the venues in a hot air balloon. That's what the Montgolfier brothers did, and they got signed. So I think it's still possible. This is in fact before they had movies when it's just bands. So I don't know now what what you'd have to do. I want you to be successful. Let's let's start all over. That's what this show will be. Because sometimes I think... Maybe I'm not talking about the things that people really need to hear about. And one of them is success in all sorts of career things. Now, I'm very used to speaking in broad generalities. And so it seems to me I'd be able to give good advice across the spectrum. So something that would be good advice is a medical doctor. Hardy. What's the future of medical doctoring? Is it any really any different than the future of videotape sales? I would ask. And then that gets the videotape salesman ears prick up or perk up or chomp at their chap at the bit. And uh, now we're talking to the whole room. And they say your success principles, Hardy, apply to all of us. What does everyone in this room have in common? each one of you paid to be here at this seminar, in this hotel, on this day, in front of me. Now, you come from all different backgrounds, and I can look out here and see you're all different shapes and sizes and colors and what have you and odors. But something unites you, and what that is is an obsession with success and being validated by strangers. I knew that when I put the advertisement in your favorite magazine. And I put it in two magazines. One, I'm not good enough weekly. And so I think most of you saw it in that. And the other was a, a hobbyist magazine called The Hobbyist, which is creepy to me. I thought it was some kind of weird DC universe uh, villain or something, but it isn't. Listen, if you've come here for answers, put up your hand if you came here for questions or answers. Put your hand down if you, if you have neither questions nor answers. Put it up again. That's very interesting. And it's also Typical. Because I'll tell you one thing, every time that I get a different uh, group in here, a different hand goes up. That's because we're all different and we're all the same. That's why everybody who wants butter can be sold butter. It's not really any more complicated than that. Question from the back. Ah, yeah, uh, shut up. I have, in my head, a dialogue going on all the time, and it's uh, created by not an artificial intelligence, but my whatever semi-intelligence, and I create a whole, um, you know, character, what do you call it, not a pantheon, but group of characters based on ones I've met people in my life and who I think they are and what I think they think of me and then they get this voice in my head they get a vote on things and they become this choir of self-critical uh, character actors you know they're walking around like it's Disney World and they're the, dressed up like different characters from the movie like Prince Mimi or, or uh, Lady B Pop. I don't see none. Of the, I don't see any of the movies, so I don't know which ones are the ones from the Aristocats uh, they have out there. And uh, what do they do? What's a Disney movie? Straight Story, is that Disney? I don't know. I'll tell you what. Um, I love that we can entertain and and be entertained and not retain anything. Because I don't need my mind palace filled up with things. I like that they can be temporary. And I don't mind having my mind palace TP'd because it just breaks down and goes back into the earth eventually. I don't even have to clean it out. Don't egg it though. That's all I ask you. I'm begging you. Oh, I don't beg for much. And I don't beg for your attention. Why should I have it? Why should you pay attention to things that you hear on the radio? Why concentrate on voices that you don't know where they're coming from or what their angle is or who they are or what they want? Why shouldn't you be suspicious of everything that you hear as if it were propaganda? And you may ask yourself, not is this true or not, but what's this guy's angle? What's in it for him? That way, you don't have to evaluate the truth of a thing. You just look at the source. So if uh, someone's saying, you know, don't drink that poisonous water, and you think he's just saying that because he wants the water for himself, and then you drink the water, and it turns out it is poison, then you'll see it's actually not a very good way of evaluating things. It's better actually to evaluate the truth of a thing rather than its source necessarily, because that could be the trap. So, all I have to do is convince you that the person that's telling you the thing has some sort of problem or has some kind of interest in the thing, the outcome. I got a horse right here. His name is Paul Revere. It got the prudent dun dun, and I drink beer. Can do. Well, this guy must work for Paul Revere's. Something he's got something going on it, but that doesn't mean that Paul Revere's not a good horse. So really, the motivation of the source means nothing. You cannot use it to evaluate the truth or fiction of something. Whether something is true or false or false or false or false staff. Does that mean the same thing as false? Was Shakespeare trying to tell us something? Oh, hidden codes. There's hidden codes in everything. And I'm gonna tell you what they are. I know this because I used to buy cereal when I was a child, and a lot of cereals gave away little, like, spy items. It's a joke now, you know, and it's been going on since the 50s, I guess, with, like, decoder rings in Captain... in uh, uh, Crunchy Munch, Munch. It's this stuff called Cracker Jack. And... Uh, but what was going on is that inadvertently they were giving spy craft equipment to a whole generation of young people who then learned to be very good at it. Very good at decoding and invisible inking and all that. And it was just cereal, you know? The cereal was doing it just to sell cereal. They didn't know that they were basically making a whole generation of spies, people that were going to be good at it because of the little prizes and all the rings. And it just taught them about cryptography. And I count my blessings every day that I had that. And I remember that you would get little records. Like if you cut out the cardboard on the back of the box, you could play it as a record. And it was what was on the record, number radio. Just, just you know, somebody going five, seven, eight. And I don't know what any of it's for, but I'm ready. Oh, I guess I've been programmed by some nefarious group that's not even around anymore. And it's not gonna, you know. That'd be interesting. If you had been, had your mind programmed as part of some sort of spy cells, gonna program all these people, let's say using um, Flintstones or, or Gazoo on the Flintstones. So if you've seen Gazoo on the Flintstones, voiced by a Harvey Corman you've actually had the CIA get in your brain and plant these things and then they were going to be triggered by some other signal, right? And then you'd perform some action. I don't even know what that would be, like rob a delicatessen. But then the secret group that programmed all these children dissolved before they could trigger the mass action. So you're just walking around with all that if you could just figure out what that trigger was gonna be. Oh man, all those people at once would perform, again, I don't think it was Rob Delicatessent, but um, who knows what it would be. Something, something political from the, do something for Nixon. My goodness. I hope I haven't, and what if I just said it, and now somebody's, they're going around looking to help Nixon, and he's long gone. Oh, poor soul. You, little Nixon helper. And now all without any kind of purpose. How many of us have been set up like that, you know? Come up in a culture that's kind of disappeared, and there is no job for you anymore. Uh, Oh, person who wanted to be a... Betamax machine repair person, Betamax machine repair person. You were so sure that you were going to have a, a little shop where people would bring their Betamax machine to get repaired, and you'd sit around and talk and they'd drink Sanka. You'd have Sanka together, or Brim. And it um, just didn't happen. Not a thing anymore, not a profession. Like the the barbers who let who, who let blood. They're gone, and you can't have that little shop. You have gone even Sesame Street. I believe conspired in that because they had a, a people on there that were repairing toasters. Now, I don't know what small window there was where a toaster was such a valuable appliance that you would take it to a craftsman to get repaired instead of tossing it out the window and buying another toaster. Or maybe they were very, very fragile. I just got this thing. I'll bring it over here. I'll look at it. But in my experience, a toaster's got to be pretty far gone to stop working, in which case... The safest thing to do is get a new one, not bring it to Luis. but there's children watching that thinking I could maybe I could fix toasters or maybe I could fix hot plates. No, it isn't a thing. That world doesn't exist. It's a fantasy. all alone, there is no but uh, there is no creature living in the garbage can. That's a lie. There are, there's plenty living in my garbage can. I have a whole family. Are maggots family? What's more family than that? Yes, I think they are. They're all fly. Where we fly one, we fly all. And um, But, yeah, I've got a little fly larvae living in there. I don't call them maggots. Um, that is a French connotation to me. Because of, uh, the what is it called? Two maggots or anything? The uh, cafe? De Magot. Are you making that up? I don't think I am. I think in like Montmartre or something, there's a De Magot. Am I wrong? Anybody? Anybody into Paris? Do you want to go back to Paris in the 20s? Who wants to go back there with me? Let's journey back now to Paris in the 19... Maybe 19-teens or something. Let's go back. And we're going to talk to Eric Satie. Uh, yes, Mr. Satie, my name is Hardy White. I'd like to talk to you about your music that you are making here. Whoa. Should I just ask the question? We. Oui. Okay, so what I want to know is... Eric Sati, what should I ask him about? Um, It's so minimal. It's minimal. It's like minimal. I'm doing a bit now, I guess, with my questions about what you do musically. But um,
0: furniture interview.
1: It is a furniture interview. It is that. And those exist already. Daytime talk show—they would; those are kind of furniture interviews. That kind of TV that you can leave on and it doesn't really command your attention. I, re, I remember that about day, day daytime talk shows. You could have like uh, Mike Douglas or something on. Uh, he was an early morning one. Merv was on later, if I remember correctly. When you're feeling more, Merv benefited from a little bit like for cocktail hour-ish. Like, oh, it's a little early, but I think I want to have a drink. <clears throat> But Mike was on early, you know, kind of almost more breakfasty, right after breakfast, the other cocktail hour. And you could just have that on, and he'd be interviewing various people and say, I know that Mike Douglas is talking to Toadie Fields right now, and they're having a lively time, but it's I, to my ear, it's like music, you know? I love it. I used to have MTV was on all the time before that radio. Now I don't know what to have. Well, you can do that. WFMU, East Orange. It's like that, too. Um, I would. What a great radio station. I'm going to tout this more near the end. I'm sorry, but it just occurs to me sometimes that radio is where it's at. you bunch of music. No. No. You do not need music all the time. There are other things to listen to. And a human speaking voice—it's very important, especially one that seems like it's a parent who's lecturing you and not letting you really speak. We need that. You need that. I'm my show is best listened to in the, like through a phone, almost an old-fashioned one with a you know handset. Where you're just going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And let me tell you another thing. Some people have gotten, this is, I've entertained this idea. And uh, I've had to ask it to leave because it doesn't know when to leave. But here's an idea I've entertained. You get this thing to listen to the show with. It's like a mannequin. And you sit on, it's me. And it's a, it's a mannequin me. And you sit on a bench or something with it, or a couch, and it comes out of the mannequin's head. So it's just like sitting there with me, and I'm speaking to you the way I am right now. But I don't know whether you, you can nod at it, or you can both look stare straight ahead. That's the way to do it. And you can take it out with you in public. It's best in a, in a, on a bench in a park or something. And people might even say, "Are you what are you listening to that mannequin head and go "That's hardy it's a hardy white speaker. What would you call it? Gollum speaker or something? I don't know. We'll come up with something clever. And I don't see us selling a lot of them. They have microphones shaped like people's heads. Why not speakers? And it doesn't have to come out of the mouth or something. It can come out of the, the pectorals or anywhere. Who knows? It'd be fun. Just have some fun with it. Because it's not a real human being or anything, so it doesn't matter where the sound's coming out. And sounds come out of all parts of the human body. Let's just face it. And sometimes they stay inside. Did you ever your neck pop and you go, oh, I hope no one heard that. I mean, I'm sure they didn't because that was an inside the house thing. But sometimes people do hear, like, was that your stomach? And um, and everyone hears it, and you feel the same detachment. that they, they go, it sounds alien to me, too, and it's coming from me. I could see why that's where the movie Alien gets its inspiration, because you're stung, you go, know, what's inside of me? You go, oh, everybody stand back. And I felt like that. It's terrible when you're the one. You go, I hope that's a gas bu- bubble and not a parasite. Could be both. Have it looked at. I just uh, sometimes I can imagine being so paranoid that you had a you have a full body x-ray machine in your house just to take a look inside of you every once in a while. And make sure there's nothing in there. I just want I just want to check. I want to look again cuz something could be in there living. Yep, you never know. Or you might eat a watermelon seed and there could be one sprouting in the uh, x-ray might reveal that. I wouldn't mind, but if I could look inside myself, other than just metaphorically, like I try to do, I try to self examine, um, but not in the magic school bus way. I don't want to go inside myself and see the, the workings, but I, I try to examine my thoughts. You know, where am I coming from? Why do I think these things? And it's a lifetime. Of really examining why it is. I think I have it narrowed down to psychosis. But it might be more complicated than that. It might be cultural things. And your own personal history. And oh. It's amazing. I love it that we can be individuals. And also so predictably part of a group. So human. So we can have a shared experience. And uh, the only thing that's really shared about it is that we both have a pelvis or something. And maybe everything else differs. I don't even have a skull. Some of us don't have a skull. Well, I don't know about that. No, some things are, are requisite. Some things you have to have to be what they call viable. Otherwise, people would come in all sorts of even more shapes. <laughs> but they have to, you have to live after birth. But if you've ever been to one of those things-in-jars museums, you'll realize that, really, there's a lot of non-viable variations.
0: <clears throat>
1: I don't know what they have to do with the conversation. They're not really apropos of anything. But, oh, look at nature. Going at it, there, trying anyway. And occasionally, your two-headed calf will live. But more often than not, no. So I guess just viability is a great equalizer. All makes us somewhat equal. People who are able to to survive, you know, just being born, that's great. That's a medal. I think you should get something for that. There's this sort of purple heart, purple head. That's it. Well, I was a sir and I don't know. Everybody comes out with goo on them. Everybody should get the goo head medal for just being born. I wasn't born. What are you, fictional character? I'm not talking to you then. That's the thing. If I'm not talking to you, did you how did you hear your how did you hear your name and what I was saying? Sorry. You're a little defensive. <clears throat> but I'm not talking about you. Didn't say your name. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry too. I don't like getting like that. Oh my goodness. I just went I've gone my whole life being taught I'm too soft. How so? Just for everything. I so said, I want to be an exercise model. Too soft. I want to be a soldier. Too soft. I want to be a... Something else. Too soft. Exactly. So just general, you know, too, people tell you you're too sensitive or anything. And that might be... I don't know exactly. I'm... Uh, I'm not... Maybe I am too sensitive. Things, I'm not easily hurt, but I do, uh, you know, I cry too much at Instagram. So I don't know what that is. I'm easily played or something like that. I don't know. I'm sentimental. I don't want to be that. But I do want to be like sensitive to other people's feelings and things like that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I like that. That's just, to me, is kind of perception. You know, it's just <clears throat> a type of noticing. I love to use my all my senses, and I'm blessed that they work the way they do. So I try to uh, use them to remember things. And I, I think being aware of what other people are feeling <clears throat> is a way of, uh, of, uh, of perceiving. And so I like that. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I would rather contribute than harm. I'd rather add to good good feelings. Maybe I'm giving you a little bit of a laugh. Just a little. Just a little. I don't want you to laugh too hard. I get concerned. I'll listen to even this radio station. I'll listen and I'll say, that person's too funny. And they're going to hurt somebody. Because I don't know if you ever read the Book of Lists or one of the David Walachewski, Irvin Wallace, David Walachewski Book of Lists or People's Almanac. But that's the Wikipedia of the 70s. And in it, it said that there was this fella, what lived in England, what he lived in the UK, and he's watching, I've talked about this many times, so you know it's true, was watching... The Goodies, the television show The Goodies. And it was the, um, it was the Ecky Thump episode. I can't remember what it's called. But, um, so, Bill Odie, Odie? Odie. Is hitting people with a black pudding and wearing a big flat cap. And this man went into hysterics. He laughed so hard he couldn't stop. And he kept laughing. And he went into spasmodic seizures of laughing. And he hurt himself. And he died. He had a heart attack and died from laughing. He couldn't stop laughing at this episode of The Goodies. It harmed him. It was too funny. I'm never going to be that. I would never do that to somebody. The most you're going to do when you're listening to this show is go, (laughs) huh. That is not going to hurt you. I swear I will never, ever cause a belly laugh or some sort of full-on, I couldn't stop laughing. You just had me in hysterics. or stitches. I'm never going to put you, I wouldn't do that. Stitches? Good Lord. You know? I would get you maybe, maybe get a little... Maybe you laugh kind of funny and maybe burp at the same time and throw up a little bit. But I don't think you're going to choke on that or anything. And that has nothing to do with me being funny. Mm, I'm just sending love. Oh, love's all I got. I wish I had money. I wish I did too. What would you do with it? I would buy love. Isn't that ironic? No, I wouldn't. What, uh, what would I do with money? Oh, I figured we could be here all day. I have lots of ideas. I get them more when I'm shopping online. I get ideas to spend money on things that I didn't even think I had. I go, "Well, I want that. I'd never even seen one of those before, but now I want it bad." And that's all coming from me. I don't blame the. I don't blame the online shopping places. That's all me. I know that's just how my brain works. They're just trying to make a, a living many times over, and I'm, you know. Whatever, I don't know what I'm using for money. I need to make, I probably need to, to earn more. And I'm thinking, so I need a lot. So I'm going to have to think big. And my first idea, just if we're shooting things out there, the first thing that comes to my mind, you go, I'd go, factory. I need a factory. At first, I thought maybe I'd just get a job at like a hardware store. But I can't. I did the math, and there's no way I'm going to get the amount of money I need to fulfill my dreams doing that. But then I looked into factories. And from what I can figure out, that pretty much is the way to go. Now, you don't directly pay for the factory. The banks do. Now, here's where not going to an Ivy League school has probably come back to bite me in the butt. But I don't know any bankers. Um, and I think you have to actually know them like outside of the bank. Not just a bank. Like I can't march into a bank. And I've tried. I've marched right in in full uniform. Prussian soldier. And marched in and gone, I want the loan. Like that. You can't just march in there like that. And then they give you what you want. You have to have relationships and be able to, you know, blackmail people. And I can't do that. That's not where I don't even have the connections to do that. So I'm, I'm coming from this naive. So I guess what I'm going to need is just somebody to give me a factory. Now, I know I'm not supposed to use the radio for this. And I know it's a hard and fast rule. I can't. And they'll tell you, do not. There's a lot of things you could do on that radio. But because of this whole thing, uh, our status and everything, you can't ask for a factory. So this is how I'm going to get around that a little bit and redirect it. I'm not asking you to give me a factory. Okay. I'm, hang on, I need to be clever about this. I'm asking you to give it to a friend of mine. I'm like, butchie. All right. You know what? Don't do anything yet. I'm going to figure this out, and I'll probably come back like next week, week after, with an idea how to do this. Don't do anything yet. I might have just messed up. But I'll get it. What kind of thing are you looking to make? Listen, if you're asking someone to give you a factory, you do not be picky. You don't say, oh, it's got to be yo-yos, it's got to be whistles, it's got to be candy, it's got to be cars, it's got to be bicycles, it's got to be kites, it's got to be something. Oh, no. I, it, I wouldn't mind if it was a bunch of different things, but not dreams. I don't like a dream factory or idea factory. There have to be big machines that you could lose a hand in. That's the type of thing I want. Nothing fatal, but certainly, certainly get an end chopped off. And old one of the older employees, who's very, very good at their job, but that they learned very early on, and so they always will bear that mark. And it's a reminder to some of the young kids who are learning how to operate the, um, the machine that makes the outer part. They know to respect it, because they might be like, Seven Finger Willie. Oh, how did this happen? This chance encounter between you and I. This is my first time listening to you, Artie. Go on. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Go. What? Go. No first timers. I'm kidding you. Oh, my goodness. No. Oh, I'm so blessed. We just, that's my silly sense of humor. I hope I didn't upset you. You did, you scared me for a minute. Oh no. That's if you really want to mess with me and get in my head, tell me that. You scared me for a minute. Oh, I'll be, I'll just be crushed. Uh, yeah, disappointing children. That's another one. You know, I told him you were going to visit and you didn't visit and I was disappointed. That would make me cry. But I try not to, the way I don't disappoint anybody is I make. Absolutely no obligations. And so, therefore, even though I don't see or interact with anyone, I don't let them down. And this is one way to do it. It's how I also have my fight record is stellar because I haven't had one. I hope to continue that. That trend. You know what trend it would be nice to con- here, uh, continue that trend? You know what trend is great to continue? I'm going to make it sound like I spliced in the Hellraiser thing. So it is October, which means it's the WFMU Hellraiser, which is, and thank you so much already for those of you who have pledged your support and kicked up some money for this fabulous undertaking, which is WFMU. And I know it has the most loyal, responsible listeners who keep things going, even if it's just uh, going. And if you like this show, say, hey, Hardy's meant something to me. Here, I'll give you money instead instead of him, which is counterintuitive. But really, if it wasn't for the station, you would not hear me. And uh, so, let's and you can get fabulous prizes. Have I said enough? Hellraiser. Let's see what I say. Don't thank people. I got. It's got all these rules. I'm not too good with the rules. It's not that I'm a rule breaker. It's that I'm a rule can't rememberer. So it makes it seem like, oh, that he's a maverick. I'm not a maverick. I just, my attention span is dangerous, right? So I'm hoping I'm getting all the, I know I always mess it up though. That's why I try to keep just a low profile all the time. And um, because I know I've just gotten like, you know, important email for staff. And I'll get, I go, oh, I hope the important part's in the first half. Because if it's in the end part, I'm doomed. And usually sometimes there is something near the end you needed to see. But um, sometimes I skip right to the end of something. Like if I'm reading a novel, I get really stressed out. So I've got to read. If it's a whodunit, I need to know who it is or I can't go on another second. It's just too much tension. But then I'm fine and I can read and enjoy the novel. So every who done it to me is an inverted mystery is what they call them when you find out who did it at the beginning but i need that otherwise too much we all have our own limitations everybody does you have to know them this is what is the important wisdom know yourself so that you don't throw up on someone's boat or let them know say i get boat sick so i appreciate the invite but I'm not going to lie to you. And I have fear of missing out and super vomity. So one of them has to give. I think I'm just going to have to not. Who wants to have that, do that in front of everybody, be sick and stuff? So if you don't, if you know you can't handle it, you can't do it. Like I can't astronaut. I know I can't astronaut. So I don't try. I could have wasted a lot of time astronauting or trying to. You know, going around in the centrifugal thing—it's so wonderful. It separates your plasma from your from your red blood cells right in your skull, right on site, so that you. Uh, and then it pulls it up, I guess, on your face or something like that. And then they know, okay, you can be an astronaut. But I can't even get to that point. I will vomit for days. If things make me sick, I can gag for. You know, like a week. No, that's an exaggeration. That is. When I had hernia surgery, though, it was two days. I was gagging for for days from anesthesia. When you leave the hospital and and they're saying, oh, you poor thing, (laughs) you know, that's sad. There's nothing more we can do for you. All right, I'll just gag like this for hours. And I know others have it worse, and that makes it good. When you're really, really miserable and throwing up, it's important to know that other people have it worse. 'Cause then the guilt is soothing. No, that's not true. Oh, each everybody, you con- e- we're all consumed by our own suffering. We only we pray and hope for moments of compassion and sympathy. And it's hard, I get so into my own thing and I just hope I have enough room. But I do. I, I do. When I'm feeling good, I reach out. So here, I feel good. And uh, someone said, "Go! Oh, thank goodness I was looking for someone to dump on. And you're all clean. Go it. Do it. Come on. I'll help you. I'll lift you up. I won't let you dump on me. I'll lift you up. Let me lift you up right now. Let me, uh, here, say these words with me. You're ready to do it, weren't you? Well, such is my character. I won't make you. Repeat after me. Nope. You don't have to. That's not what kind of show this is. Say these words with me in your heart, please. Nope, don't do it. I'm just testing. Don't do that. You think what you want. Don't listen to the radio. It's tempting, though, isn't it? I would have done it for you, Hardy. I know. I love you. I'm sorry I tested you like that. I've been reading the Bible too much. It does that. You're toying with my affections, Lord. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just wanted to see if you'd do it. Of course I'd do it. I'm sorry. I know. I don't know. I'm bored. I'm sorry. That's the, uh, the Binding of Isaac by Hardy White, a contrite lord there. I hope that's not blasphemous. Of course it is. If you have to ask, it's like, is this racist? I don't know if this is blasphemous, but here's my impression of God. Damn God. Yeah, I guess that's blasphemous. I don't know. My goodness. But it also seems to me that, you know, uh, the greatness and grandeur and glory of the universe cannot be insulted. But who knows? Maybe, you know, if you don't have any skin, that's pretty thin skinned. So I don't know. Maybe there's nothing, maybe they're just raw nerves and that's what the the creator is. All all nerve boy, you got some nerve. You got some nerve for listening to this. This is miracle nutrition. With Hardy White on WFMU, East Orange, WMFU, Mount Hope, 91.9 in Rockland County in New York City, New York, and online worldwide at WFMU.org. Oh, you are a miracle, and you are my good friend, and thank you so much for listening. Bless y'all, and I'll see you again next week.
0: Yes. Nice a name was Mahogany, Twins' name was Eberlee, a name was Mahogany, Twins' name was Ebony. a name was Mahogany, Twins' name was Eberlee, a name was Mahogany, Twins' name was Eberlee, a name was Mahogany, Twins' name was Ebony. a name was Mahogany, Twins' name was Eberlee. Or to mayor careening into the ever earlier sunset please donate today https colon forward slash forward slash enter https colon forward slash forward slash into your browser's query field that's correct a listener just like yourself can use an internet just like your own. Sustain this 24 hour transmission. Please donate today. https colon forward slash forward slash wfmu.org. One half scroll downward, click the words pledge now. From there, I will leave it to the spirit to guide you. Dearest listener, my dear, generous, intelligent listener, October is come. October is come. The Hellraiser in its sidecar Donate today October is come Breezing like a heartbeat now down spiraling thoroughfare saw time